You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Russell, look out. He's going to fire inside, reaching up, making a catch. Does he hang on? He does. It's a touchdown. (laughs) It's a touchdown, Seahawks, and it's Metcalf who reaches up and makes the catch, crossing the field, making the catch in the middle of the end zone, and Russell finds him and throws a dart. And we all waited to see who it was, Dave, that made the catch, because it could have been anybody, but it was Metcalf going to the ground. Perfect pass by Russ, and absolutely no doubt about it, Russell Wilson comes back for his 34th career fourth quarter or overtime comeback and Seattle now leads 27-26. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Nasa Chobi. This is Hawk Talk Recap. And that was Steve Rabel with another great call. DK Metcalf sealed the game for the Hawks as they beat the Vikings 27-26 on Sunday night football. Once again, they came down to the last play in the north end zone. There's something about that end zone that makes things just happen, Nasa Chobi. Man, Bump, honestly, I'm just now kind of recovering from last night, man. My <laughs> heart my heart was beating until like 3 in the morning, dog. When we were in that suite watching that game last night, that final drive, I've, I mean, it's every game. Every yeah. game this season at CenturyLink, it's been wild. It feels like every time we get ready to do the post-game show, we either are just holding on for dear life, a game that we thought they were going to blow out, and they come back, and this time it needed a bunch of crazy stuff to happen on the last final drive, but man... I know all the 12s out there were covering. It's it's a Monday. It's a victory Monday, so I'm in good shape. I'm just saying, man, I don't know how much more I can take straight up. Hey, well, they got some more opportunities coming up, but they do have the buy. Now, you mentioned all these great events that happened. Let's talk about it and what had happened. See, what had happened at first was. What happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. What had happened was. i tell you what happened. The Hawks. Another game where it comes down to the final play, the final drive. All three home games this season have been decided in the final minute. Talk about stressful. This team is, they're built to last at this point. I mean, there's not much more that, that they can do or other situations they can be in. They've been down. They've been up. Um, they, they've won in the last play. They've won in the last drive. They kicked field goals. I mean, you talk about football being a situational experience in game. I mean, they, they've been through so many situations. They're ready to go. Oh, it's unbelievable, man. And that's the great thing about this team is everyone's got that experience now. Even the young guys, everyone has been in any kind of situation with the game on the line. They haven't had one game where they've come out and just blown someone out, and that was a wrap. So the experience that everyone gets in these situations to come through, and it just proves that like what you do in practice comes out in games. They practice a the two-minute drill every single exactly. week. They practice the four-minute drill. They have all these situations. So when these things come up late in games, they're ready for them. This was only the sixth time in Russell Wilson's career that they did not score a point in the first half. And especially coming off of his previous weeks, his MVP-type performances, we were kind of shook. We're like, all right, what's going on here? Is it the elements? Um, what, are the, what are the Vikings doing defensively that's really hindering Russell from going off? And in my opinion, in this second half, yes, they, they came out, they were stopped, but then they go out and they score a touchdown, Uncle Will. But after that, the defense got this team going. And that's what I think 
really encourages me the most. You look at the stats, okay, you can spin it any way you want to, but for the first time this year, I felt like the defense said, all right, we got you offense. Well, here's a couple turnovers. Now let's go. Oh, yeah, no, it was a crazy occurrence. I mean, the Seahawks scored 21 points in that third quarter in a minute and 53 seconds. I mean, the offense couldn't get anything done in the first half, and it's mainly because they're behind the sticks. You can't go third and second and 22, third and 24, all that stuff. It's just impossible to win the game like that, and they just couldn't really get going. But like you said, the defense, while, yes, they did still give up a lot of yards, they struggled stopping the run, we know that, but – when they needed a spark to kind of get this thing going because they came out. The offense, people forget too, the offense came out and had a rough first drive right off halftime. Yep. So the defense stepped up, came up with two clutch stops, a couple turnovers, and got us going. Defense got them going. Talk about the offense and their struggles. Over 7 on third downs. I talked to Pete earlier today. I go, Coach, if I would have told you, okay, you're going to be over 7 on third downs, do you think you win this ball game? He says no. Where they kind of balanced it out, fourth down, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two for two on fourth down. Two of the biggest plays of the game. That shows, again, resilient. I feel like we're going to use that word all year with this group. Resilient. 0 for 7, third downs. They kept getting behind the six. It was like third and 16, third and 24. There are no football plays for those mm-hmm. situations. End of the day, they found a way to win, even with the struggles on third. Yeah, no, that's absolutely that's a wild stat. I think um, I got a stat here somewhere. That hasn't happened very often. We talked about it in the post game. That has not happened where a team went 0 for 7 on, on third downs or just didn't convert on third downs all night. The last team to do it and win was the Seahawks. That happened <laughs> in, against Arizona in 2018. But they're just the 21st team in NFL history to win without converting a third down. Yep. And let's talk about Dalvin Cook. I mean, he went out early. It looked like a growing injury. We're not sure yet. I'm sure we'll get an injury report there. But uh, Madison came in and kept the party going. This was going to be the true test. I feel like we were all on the same page where – we agreed as to what the Hawks needed to do to win, and that was control the ground game. They were the third best uh, rushing defense in the league. They didn't do that. Uh, Madison, I think that the Vikings rushed for 200, over 200 yards total. Madison came in when Dalvin Cook got hurt and just kept the party going, yet they still found a way to win this ball game. Yeah, no, it's crazy because, um, like you said, the Seahawks were the third uh, rushing defense coming into the game, and I wasn't really sure how to feel about that coming in because – they got up on Atlanta early, so we didn't really get to see everything from Todd Gurley. Um, the Patriots, yeah. they did a good job there. They helped Cam Newton in check, and they didn't really get going there. And then the Cowboys, they got down also, and Ezekiel Elliott just they didn't they went away from the run game, so it was hard yeah. to kind of tell if those numbers really added up. We got to see on Sunday. Unfortunately, but here's the thing: Minnesota, that's what they do. That's literally what they do. They have all these heavy personnel packages. They want to run the football, and they're just good at it, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I was I was getting nervous a little bit there because. Their screen games are on point, and yes. their run games and their cutbacks, and it was tough. And and honestly, uh, Dalvin Cook, we spent all the time talking about him all week, right? He goes out, I'm thinking, okay, we got a little juice from that, but mm-hmm. Madison kept going, man. Like, they they are good at what they do. They didn't miss a beat with him in the game. Um, obviously, 200 is too much on the ground. Uh, it's, it goes against everything Pete Carroll wants to do on defense. But they made the right plays when they had to, but – Yep, made the right plays when they had to. They caused three turnovers. That's the big thing. Say what you want about the defense, the sack numbers, the yards, and whatnot. When it comes to um, causing turnovers, I believe they're second in the league. They might be first now after this weekend. So, man, good for them. Make the plays when you have to. And big ups to LJ Collier, man. He got a sack. The first-round draft pick from a couple years ago is starting to come around. Now, to end the game, they went on a 13-play, 95-yard drive. In one minute and 42 seconds to win the ball game, two fourth down conversions that I believe the first two plays, Russell put two two footballs in the dirt, mm-hmm. um, wasn't looking good. 
But again, they get into that fourth down situation. They rely on their training, rely on their practice, the stuff they do during the week. And they bring that to the football field in moments where it matters the most. Russell Wilson's and Pete Carroll's mental toughness is on another level. Oh, no question about it. Honestly, so we were sitting there in the suite. We were all standing up, hands on our knees, just freaking out during that whole last drive. The thing is, though, is like no matter what, I've never seen a human being on this planet have more poise in those situations than Russell Wilson. It's unbelievable. And because he's that way, it spreads throughout the whole team. Like you go into the huddle, it doesn't matter what the play is. I don't care if it's fourth in 100 and the game's on the line. Russell Wilson is calm, he's poised, and it translates to the rest of the team. So everyone on the team has the belief that they're going to figure it out. I mean, the rest of us normal humans don't have that kind of poise, and it's hard to see us fans watching. That's why (laughs) we're almost having all these heart attacks. But the poise he has in those moments, and after, that's the other thing too. If I just threw two balls kind of in the dirt and out of character for Russell Wilson because it was a wet football, to then have the presence of mind and still be in it, and complete the rest of the drive, that 4th and 10 DK Metcalf. We'll get into it in the coach's corner, but that drive was something else. That drive was special, but, I mean, we expect it now, right? We're spoiled, man. We're mm-hmm. spoiled up here in the Northwest. Now, the Seahawks are the only team in the Super Bowl era to start 5-0 and despite being outgained by an average of 50 total yards per game. They're winning in a different kind of way. It's interesting to watch, and it's interesting to hear people outside of the state talk about the Hawks because they don't know whether to believe it or not. But after Russell's performance on Monday Night Football, throw the stats away. I like I I I've put I put in too much into stats sometimes, and this team is is showing me that sometimes numbers do lie. It uh-huh. seems better oh, yeah. than what they show. Absolutely, and that's the thing too. Like like we said, uh, it doesn't really matter about where we rank defensively and all that stuff if we continue to win football games. Like I don't care. You can have Minnesota still going to be a top five rushing team. Like, that's great. Yep. If you, it doesn't really matter if you're one and four and you lose the game. So as long as the, the stat that matters bump is wins yes. and losses, and the Seahawks have go. five of them, they got zero losses. Five and no. All right, let's talk about who has helped them on their journey to get to five and no with Playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Show them what time it is! All right, first dude, we got to talk about Russell Wilson, 20 for 32, 217 yards, three touchdowns, one interception that was it was odd, man. I just that was probably the worst decision I've seen Russell make in a very long time, but he bounced back. There had to have been some kind of miscommunication because it was a weird thing. He's rolling out to his right. Chris Carson goes out of bounds, so kind of gets pushed out of bounds, and the defender goes out of bounds, and then he just kind of lofted it up there. So I don't know if there's miscommunication, like Chris is gonna come back, if he meant to throw that away and he just kind of left it short. It was it was hard to tell, but uh, for a game where it's pouring rain all afternoon, it was. He still played an awesome game. That was his only mistake he's made. All I mean, he made a couple. I shouldn't say that. He had a couple throws that weren't great, but that was the only big mistake he made all game. Yeah, that was like a mental mistake. Th- those are ones we're not used to seeing. The physical mm-hmm. errors, yeah, that happens. No one's perfect, but yeah, that was odd. All right, Russell Wilson's ATD passes on throws, twenty plus yards down the field through week five. That doubles any other quarterback. He's taking his shots. He's got DK Metcalf, who's eating up a quarter of the field every time he catches the football. What is it about? I mean, I feel like we keep asking the same question. What is it about Russell Wilson that allows him to do this? How is he able to do that? You go back to the summer and see the, the, the grind that he puts in, the work that he puts in. You're at BMAC. You see it every day. Um, him and DK have prepared for this moment, and they're starting to shine. Well, that's the crazy thing. That's the thing about football, especially. More than any other sport, you have the fewest opportunities to actually play games. You have a 16-game yeah. regular season. 
Uh, we used to have a four-game preseason and then the playoffs. So, like, more than any other sport, football is a grind Monday through Friday in the season. So all these things that are happening on the field on Sunday, it didn't happen on Sunday. They won those in the summer. They won those in the weight room. They won those throwing balls at Russell's place down in California. Look at you sounding like a coach. Got to do What's it, up, man. It, it, starts, it starts there, baby. <laughs> it starts in the film room. You wasn't with me grinding in the film room? You wasn't with me when I was shooting in the gym? <laughs> Russell Wilson balled out. He has 30 game-winning drives since his debut in 2012. 30 of them things. We talk about experience. He's been there before. He's like, all right, man, I've done this 29 other times. Let's go ahead and make this 30. Russell Wilson continues to impress. Who else impressed you last night? DeKalen Metcalf. Yes, I'm going to get by his government name. Yes, sir. He was, I mean... (laughs) I'm running out of words to describe this man. He can do it all. And and the thing about it, he's just super resilient too. There's a couple of balls he probably thought he should have caught. But yep. this man is finding different ways to do stuff, whether it's whether it's his actual route running, whether it's doing the little things, whether it's going up and catching the football. I mean, DK Metcalf is just another dude. And we talked about this in the postgame show last night. I mean, first of all, beyond he's the most physically gifted, sculpted person I've ever seen in my entire life, number one. Facts. <laughs> and then and number two, he's just going up and bossing dudes up, man. He's got 496 yards through five games. He's on pace to go over 1,500 yards and have 16 touchdowns on the season. He is getting to the point. I'll come out and say it. He is going, he's a superstar status at this point. I'm yep. not gonna wait. I'm not gonna wait and see. Oh, he, he's, he's there. out there. He's, he's there. throwing the super in front of the star now. Okay. Yes, he's there. All when right. you talk about the best receivers in the game, you're gonna say uh, you're gonna say Julio Jones. You're gonna talk about Hopkins, and then you're gonna talk oh. about DK Metcalf because he's playing at that level. Ooh, okay, all right. Bold take. Bold take Monday. Hot Let's take. Get hot it. take. Hot take. I ain't mad at that. He's the only player in the NFL with 90 plus yards in all five weeks of this season. So he's doing things that Hopkins hasn't done or at least this year, that Julio hasn't done this year. So, all right, you got you got an argument. I, I ain't mad at that. Chris Carson, 79 total yards and one nasty touchdown. Oh, we got to hear from Steve touchdown. on this one. The handoff to Carson starts right. Back up the middle. Pounds through one, through two. He's going to score. Touchdown, Seahawks. Chris Carson just runs over half of the Minnesota defense. The Seahawks have scored three touchdowns in the blink of an eye to start this second half. And Carson says, give me the ball. I'm going to run them all over. That was such a nice run by Chris because, first of all, he hits the play on the front side, a nice little cutback, and then just decides, hey, safety, I don't care if you're an all-pro, you are not going to tackle me one-on-one in the open field. That's a safety's worst nightmare. Chris Carson is just balling out and just flexed on him. Man, flexed on him. And he touched the ball, I believe, 14 times last night. Didn't have a, a a huge, I guess, load to carry. But when he touches the football, you feel like it can go to the house. You feel like it's going to be a big chunk. And if you try to tackle 32 high, good luck to you. I know he's 5'11". You know, he's, what, 210, 15 pounds. But that dude is solid. And that that was the safety's mistake. Mm-hmm. He went up high and went for the strip. This ain't Chris Carson from last year. He's not putting that football on the ground. Ball security, job security. He's one of the strongest-looking runners I've seen in the league in a while. Oh, no question about it. I mean, in Seattle, obviously, we're super spoiled with watching number 24, Marshawn Lynch, for all those years. Yeah. And while their styles aren't exactly the same, but their physicality is, I mean – Chris Carson, when you tackle him, you're going to hurt. Like, every time you tackle Chris Carson, them boys on the Minnesota defense are feeling Chris Carson today. I promise you that. (laughs) Feeling Chris Carson, and they're feeling KJ. KJ made some plays. What you see out of KJ? KJ, first of all, 
I know KJ had an amazing game last week. Uh, he was the best defender on the field without yeah. question. He was blowing dudes up. The only knock on KJ last week is that he didn't get the picks. He dropped two interceptions, and this play from KJ Wright might be the best play I've ever seen from him in his career. Cousins is going to roll right. He's going to look. The ball is intercepted. KJ Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air and pulls it down. What a play by number 50. He had three of them a shot at last week and didn't bring one in that time. A fabulous one-handed interception by the spider, K.J. Wright. What a big play in the Seahawks again in scoring territory against the Vikings. Spider-Man's back, baby. He's back. Spider-Man's back. Rape said 13 feet. That means K.J.'s Woo. dunking out there. I see He's you on the top one, of the backboard on that one. One-hand pick. Spoke to Pete. He said they did ball drills all throughout the week, you know, <laughs> and, and he owned it. And that's what the great ones do. He goes, you know, I should have had two picks. He says he wants five this year. Um, so, and he also had a fumble recovery. I yep. mean, two weeks in a row, he's just been really active. It's nice to see somebody as good and as Kate is one of the nicest dudes I've ever met in my mm-hmm. life, like just a solid human being. So when solid people are making plays, it makes it even that much greater. Oh, no question about it. And what I love too, is he just, the whole play was great. Even before the interception, like I was about, while we were watching, I was about to say something to you. Like that was a nice job taking away what Kirk Cousins wants to do. But yeah. then Kirk said, oh, I can, I can fold it over the top. And then K just went up there and snagged it. One hand, one hand swag. Two weeks in a row, we've seen the linebackers really get involved. I feel like Bobby was in great position last week um, against Miami. KJ was as well. They're starting to kind of figure out how to pass routes off and where they're supposed to be. So um, that's a, a nod to the coaching staff as well. Uh, Demontre Moore, four tackles, one sacks, one forced fumble, and a big hit on kickoff. You now, first, you you said it during the game. You don't see number ninety is running no. down the kickoff very often, Mm-mm. bro. When he came, I mean, that was one of those hits where you jump out of your seat. Like yeah. that was one of those things because we're playing at CenturyLink with no fans. You could hear that all the way up in our suite. That that boy came down and just smacked him. And just like a note to note to kick returners across the league. If you see 90 coming down, go down. <laughs> Step out of bounds. Do what you got to do because he hit him square and lit that dude up. Nice to see DeMontre do his thing. Also, Cody Barton and Bobby Wagner combined for 28 tackles. Cody Barton got a lot of snaps, um, had a lot of tackles. I felt like he grew a lot this game. There were times where he probably got the bad end of a run. There were times where um, he made the play. There was mistakes that were made, but Going further into this season, you're going to need guys like Cody Barton to have these experiences. So when it gets late in the game, um, you're not worried about a guy getting these opportunities to play. And he hasn't been in that situation. So um, I liked what I saw to Cody Barton. No, it was great, too, because one thing about about Cody is he got to play a ton of reps because of Minnesota's personnel groupings. Right. We weren't in nickel very often. I think uh, Ugo Amadi only had 28 reps on defense. So. We were in base so much more, and like you said, Cody Barton grew as the game went on, and what I also loved about him is on that fourth down stop, when the Seahawks needed it, it was fourth and one, and fourth and inches uh, towards the end of the game. Benson Mayoa, Bobby Wagner was right there, but but Cody is the one who set the edge, right? Lee Blocker came out to block him, and he stood him up right there, kind of caused a log jam, and he was a big reason for why that play happened. Cody Bard making his presence felt Bobby just being Bobby solid as, as ever. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. All right, let's go to the wide receiver round up. Of course, DK Metcalf, six catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns, Tyler Lockett, four catches, 44 yards um, off of five targets. Now 
Tyler Lockett didn't have a game that we're used to seeing out of him, but he had a clutch play at the end of the game on the sideline, running across the field, gets out of bounds. Those are the things that Tyler Lockett can always be counted on to do. Mm -hmm. Now, the big plays, they're going to come, they're going to go. But the clutch moments, the being where you're supposed to be, the keeping this drive alive, that's what he does. No, I love seeing it from both of them, and like whether it's Tyler and DK and all those guys. Another thing, too, which you watch is I think better than any team in the league, the way the Seahawks run their two-minute drill, the receivers know, boom, they catch the ball, and it's a sprint to the official yeah. to get that ball set and keep things going. So you love to see it. Chris Carson has six receptions for 27 yards. Greg Olson had one for 20. Uncle Will. Let's go. 19 yards and a touchdown. Always nice to see Uncle Will. Nice little Will route over the shoulder. Got, got his feet in. He's not getting the targets that he got he, he uh, that he got last year, but um, he's still making plays when he's called upon, when these tight ends are called upon, because they're not being used a lot in this offense so far this year. But when they are called upon, they seem to always make the play. Oh, yeah, they always answer the bell, and it's so good to see Will Disley get in the end zone. This man has overcome so many things in his young football life. I mean, two of the worst injuries you can have as a football player. For him to be back to start the season, first of all, is a huge accomplishment. So got to love when that man gets in the end zone. Shout out Uncle Will. Uncle Will, Freddie Swain, two catches, 14 yards, the second week in a row where he's gotten two catches, two targets, two catches. They're using him in the in the screen game. His run after mm -hmm. the catch is what kind of makes him special. So they're getting him involved in the game. David Moore, no catches on three targets, but almost had the catch of the year so far. Um, that that one football he dropped in the end zone. Yeah, he kind of all the balls that he thrown his way were tough plays. One was a throwaway, and the other two were uh, a really tough catch. We know what Demo can do, and that's the thing I love about this receiving core is someone else can step up every single week. You know what you're going to get from DK. You know what you get from Tyler, and then they just love spreading that wealth around, and someone's always there to step up. Spread it around. All right, that's the wide receiver roundup. Now let's go to the coach's corner. Here, Russell Wilson finds DK Metcalf for 39 yards on fourth and 10 to keep the game alive. Three receivers to the right. Homer in the backfield. Here comes the blitz. Russ steps up. Going to throw it deep. DK Metcalf reaches up, makes the catch, knocked out of bounds at the 40-yard line of the Vikings. Russell with a beautiful rainbow pass, stands for the rookie on coverage. Metcalf timed his leap, reaches up and gets it. So, Bump, initially when we watched this play, it almost looked like DK throttled down and stopped and then kind of went back and going. And now, now that we're re-watching it on film, t tell me about his route. Um, it's, it's just a go route. What I love about his route is the indicator that he puts when he gets on the, the corner's heels. And that's just a hard jab inside. It makes the corner react, and it lets the quarterback know, okay, this is where I'm headed. He can kind of pick up um, where his path is going. So this was – little things like this is what makes me excited because he's not putting the sauce on this route. He's not doing that week one, two, three. He's not doing that. Now he's comfortable out there. He's understanding how he wants to attack the defender. He knows that any movement I do, if I do it with conviction, this corner has to respect him. He's going to take those false steps. And now with Russell Wilson, he just tosses it up. It, I mean, he's not aiming. It's like he's shooting a shotgun. He's not aiming. He's pointing. He's just tossing that thing up and giving him a chance. And also what people aren't going to really see Travis Homer mm -hmm. may Just have gotten ran over, but that pass pro pick that he picked up made this thing possible. Oh, absolutely. You got a free rusher coming off the end. He's lined up uh, uh, on top of Tyler Lockett there. He blitzes late, 
And Travis is the exact right thing. He steps up in the pocket, makes sure nothing's coming inside, and then goes straight to the outside. And, yes, he gets run over, but here's the deal about pass protection and picking up blitz as a running back. You don't need to stone him. You don't need to light him up. You need to get in their person's way so Russ can throw the football. And people have kind of – I think people have been really unfair to Travis Homer. They're like, why is he getting wrath, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, a lot of times – Unfortunately, when he gets in the game, sometimes some things happen to, unfortunately for him, break down up front. So he gets stopped for a two-yard loss or one-yard whatever. But the fact that he's in the game on this drive yeah. on fourth and yes. ten with the game on the line says something about him. The coaching staff trusts him, and he proved it again. He's going to be in the right spot. It was a huge play by him. Yep, he's in the game late in the game when they know they're going to throw the football. So that tells me they trust him the most when it comes to that pass pro. It doesn't mean Chris Carson isn't good at it. It just means that, okay, this young man does this exceptionally well, so let's do it. Also, what I want to point out, he's picking up this rusher. He's on the opposite side of the formation. You know mm-hmm. how hard it is to see a blitz coming from the other side, the other end, and he gets there. Just happy to see that young man do his thing and be in the game during these clutch moments. All right. Greatest formation in football. What is it? Here comes the Seahawks offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there, knowing that one kneel down and the Seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one. It's the victory formation on Hawk Talk. Victory formation. The Hawks get it done again. They are 5-0. Now, despite playing... Um, a really bad first half. The offense came through when they needed going on a 13-play, 94-yard drive to win the game and two big fourth-down conversions when they couldn't even convert on third. I still can't get over that, man. Fourth and 10, I mean, the game is over at that point, man, especially the first two plays, but this team is just so resilient in every type of way. I mean, you start the... You start the drive on the six-yard line, knowing you have to get a touchdown. All the defense has to do is keep you out of the end zone. They couldn't do it. Love what I'm seeing from this offense. Loving what I'm seeing from this offense. The defense struggled against the run. They were the third-ranked rush defense coming in, but when they really needed to get a stop, they got a stop. A game of inches. Big Ray pointed out something last night that Bobby Wagner, on that last play on that fourth down that the Vikings had, um, came through and swiped at the football. If he doesn't swipe at the football, that running back probably reaches the rock out and gets the first down. The little things like that are what win ball games. Oh, absolutely, and that's the thing about this team. We, we said it was going to be worth the day and resiliency, right? It doesn't matter that they couldn't stop the run all game long. It didn't matter that they gave up drives with 12, 13, 14, 15 play scoring drives when they absolutely had to, like they have at every point this season, make a play, they did. Great teams find a way to get it done. It might not be pretty. It might not be um, comfortable. It might stress you out. But end of the day, it's all about wins and losses, and that's what they do. I'm enjoying watching this football team. It's a different team than we've seen the last few years. Mm-hmm. The offense um, is the, the thing that makes this thing go. But you're going to need moments from the defense, just like we saw last night. Can Russell Wilson keep this up? I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm like, is this real? Is this sustainable? I mean, can 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 they go on a run and 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 win five more? The 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 expectations are set for this team. It just makes me nervous now. Are they going to be able to really keep this pace up? Well, it's um, we keep asking ourselves that every week, and he keeps proving every single week that they can. I mean, I think this is this is who Russell is. This is who this team is. This offense can score a lot of points, and even when they're down. And my favorite part about this is it's a it's a baseball analogy that uh, even when your starter, your starting pitcher, doesn't have his best stuff that day, right? He yeah. still, the great ones, still find a way to give your chance, your team a chance to win the game. So maybe you only go five or six innings, give up a couple runs, but you don't go out there and get blown out. 
when you don't have your best stuff, like the defense and the, the offense after that first half, we didn't, have, we didn't play our best game, but we found a way to get it done, and that just shows you that's what great teams are made of. Before I get out of here, I just got to remind the people, Cairo Radio and 710 ESPN Seattle is your home for the Seattle Seahawks and the Pete Carroll Show. Here from the Seahawks head coach on Cairo Radio on Blue Fridays at 815 and 1215. And don't miss Pete Carroll on 710 ESPN at 930 the morning after every game with Danny and Gallant and Michael Bumpus. Bump, we got a lot of things to fix, but listen, listen here. You can fix all that because you're 5-0 and for the first time in franchise history. This team is rolling. First time in franchise history, and they get a bye. Jamal Adams is going to get healthy. Other guys who are banged up, you potty's banged up. Comes at a perfect time, but like you said, 5-0 and feels good. All right, that is Hawk Talk Recap Edition. I'm Michael Bumpus along with NASA Chobie. Your Seattle Seahawks are 5-0, and beating the Vikings 27-16 to on prime time. Rest of the nation, y'all better catch up. These Hawks for real. Talk to y'all later.